With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome into Action Movie Rewind, where we do deep dives into some of the most prominent action movies of all time here on Mackie and Judd every single week. And gentlemen, we have arrived to the early 2000s here. 2001 to be exact. The first of, I think, what are we up to, 10 in this franchise? Something like that? 11? I don't even know at this point. But The Fast and the Furious is our movie this week. Now, uh, we've all, because we did do in the initial iteration of Action Movie Rewind before we did the reboot, we did review this a couple years ago. Um, But I think these are probably the only two times I've seen the original since it came out. And I I am not well versed in a lot of the sequels. So I think we should like every month or so just like mix in a new Fast and the Furious movie. Mm-hmm. As we go forward here, because I'm, I'm curious to remember how this story plays out now as someone who hasn't kept really up to speed with the storyline. Well, and and uh, Vin, he's not in all of them, right? Didn't he's not, in the, he's not in the second one. The second fast, okay. like, to be oh, honest, okay. we could skip the second one. Like, we, we won't, but we, we could skip it. it he, he's not involved. And, and like the majority of the people in that movie are not involved in the second one. It's weird. Why, why, so when did when did the actual story pick up then? The third one. Then it's back with Vin and yeah, and, Mia and and uh, Lenny and all of them. Yeah. We would take your guidance if you feel like it makes sense to skip the second one. Like if yeah, we don't, don't need, like if we're doing all the Rocky movies, we don't really need Rocky Five. That's true. I, the second <laughs> one is horrible. It's kind of just bad. But so it, it could be funny to do, but it, it, okay. it's not integral to the story. Basically. Okay. Right. That's good to know. Uh, but this one is because this is the root of the story here. And uh, our action movie rewind today is presented by our friends at Dennis Kirk. So if, if you like to, if you, if you felt the adrenaline rush after watching The Fast and the Furious from 2001, maybe you want to hop on a Harley. Maybe you want to hop on some sort of a sport bike or a metric cruiser. Well, Dennis Kirk is here with over 160,000 parts and accessories in stock and free shipping on orders over $89. Same day shipping on orders placed before 8 p.m. Ride more, wait less at DennisKirk.com. All right, here is the summary of this blockbuster classic. Dom Toretto, played by Vin Diesel, enjoys the adrenaline of streetcar racing, and his fans treat him like a rock star. After a blazing encounter with the ruthless Johnny Tran, Dom decides to take Brian, Paul Walker, a newcomer into street racing, under his wing. Dom's sister Mia sees something she likes in Brian as well. Trouble is, neither of them realize he's an undercover cop. And Dom and his rival Johnny Tran are both the prime suspects in a case involving dirty money and big rig hijacking. 54% on Rotten Tomatoes. $38 million 
turned into $207 million at the box office. And the critics' consensus from Rotten Tomatoes says, Sleek and shiny on the surface, The Fast and the Furious recalls those cheesy teenage exploitation flicks of the 1950s. Oh. oh. Maybe we have to mix yeah. in some of those into Action oh. Movie Rewind. Oh, no. Paul Walker, Vin Diesel, Michelle Rodriguez, Jordana Brewster. Mm-hmm. I got some production notes for you guys here to sprinkle in, too, before we get to our statements. Did you know Eminem was offered the role initially, I think, uh, as Brian, and turned it down to work on his own movie, Eight Mile, which was a good decision. And Mark Wahlberg and Christian Bale were also considered for the role. Christian Bale? I can see Marky Mark. I can't see Christian Bale doing it at all. Marky Mark would have been a really interesting Marky Mark would have been fine. It would have been hilarious. It would have been good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the role of Mia Toretto was originally auditioned for by Sarah Michelle Geller, Jessica oh. Beale, Kirsten Dunst, and Natalie Portman. No, that no, is no. interesting. Wow, really? Okay, so let, let's go through that. Kirsten Dunst, no, <laughs> no way. N- Natalie Portman might surprise you. I think she is a marvelous actress. I, I, mean, she I think done that, it. Yeah, she I think done. you're thinking of her in certain roles, but she has done. I mean, she's really good. Sarah Michelle um, Geller, no. She's That's too good, though. This movie. Like, but Natalie's too good to be in The Fast and the Furious. Like, I can see Sarah Michelle Geller, and I can even see Jessica Biel, too. I would actually put Jessica Biel as the favorite of the other three to, to play yeah. this role. But, like, Natalie. Yeah, you you, yeah you're right. You don't, need, you don't want an actress as good as Natalie Portman to make this she movie. She could dumb it down. She could dumb yeah. it down. <laughs> she would have dumbed it down. She's not dumb. She's very, very smart. Prior to filming, both Jordana Brewster and Michelle Rodriguez did not have driver's licenses, so they took driving lessons during production. It's interesting. And during the filming of the movie, 78 cars were wrecked both on screen and off screen. They that's destroyed 78 cars. That's not that's not surprising. That's how you get to a $38 million budget. So, yeah, exactly. all right, we'll start with Judd here. We're going to give our statements in regards to The Fast and the Furious. Okay, in watching this a second time, I find it interesting going back and watching films like this too because it gives you a different perspective and you look a little bit deeper below the surface than you do the first time. And statement number one is this. Paul Walker is doing his best piano, and as far as I can tell, this film is Point Break with Cars. Yeah. That was in my notes, too. This is basically Point Break with Cars. That was my statement for Point Break. You know, I am an undercover police detective. I am an FBI agent. And, and like, like, everything about it, right? Like how how Walker's character gets sort of dragged into the life and then he sort of embraces it. Uh, and he, so, yeah, I mean, this is the funniest thing I thought though, was Paul Walker does his lines as if he's Keanu. They're very like, like sort of yes. stiff, like I'll sort of stiff at the time. Yeah. yeah. And, I, I almost had you, man. Like, and it's, it's like, there's it's a cue card, Keanu. but yes. it's like, there's a cue card off screen. Read this one now. Dude, I almost had you. Like, it's yes. such a Keanu line. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Right. I'll take if the I, tuna. I'll yep, take the tuna. Yep. <laughs> I earn my way every step. And, and like, you know, uh, yeah, he, he basically does a great job of just reciting lines, which mm-hmm. is what I thought in Point Break at that time, what Keanu absolutely perfected was reciting his lines. The other thing that Paul Walker and Canaries both do are just sort of as they're reading their cue cards and just spewing their robotic lines, they show random bursts of emotion that sometimes don't make sense. It's like, <laughs> whoa, oh, 
oh, he's excited now. Oh, he's mad yeah. about something now. <laughs> it's not like an organic way to get to that emotion. I don't know what, what acting schools they went to, but it must have been the same one. Uh, okay, I'm uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna rifle off this one right off the top here. I'm with Paul Walker. Tuna sandwiches oh. are highly underrated. It's an underrated sandwich. In fact, I have I like for it. you guys an underrated sandwich pecking order here, wow. or a Mount Rushmore, if you will, of the nowhere. four most underrated Whoa. sandwiches. Okay. Whoa. So tuna, and and personally, so I love when and this is not uh, this is not a paid endorsement here but subway tuna sandwiches are still my go-to you get the tuna scoops they put like three four scoops of tuna spread oh. it out have you ever you put some you put some on that one? cheese on there barf dude i i like them too um and, but i believe the calorie count on that one is uh really bad that's okay i'm not eating them every day for every meal i'm saying once I in know, a while as a treat you know, as a nice a treat offering subway's got a lot of good offerings phil i don't know the tuna is the best for you that's all but I'm you saying. load it up with the veggies so and, and oh. maybe a little bit of mayo but mostly the, the any sort of you know dijon mustard maybe a little oil some salt and pepper yeah looks mm-hmm. like declan might throw up right now actually. yeah that, well it's funny i'll get to my statement about about this exact topic too but t- tuna sandwiches man no way i i that, that and such the tuna at subway that scoop Oh no chance, man! I you like couldn't it. pay me to. Do it's it. a blast. Oh, it's so great. Yeah, it's it's. It, I don't know if it's fresh, but it tastes fairly fresh. It's great. <laughs> okay, number two, underrated sandwich: the chicken salad. Chicken salad with some chunks of grapes and maybe some little walnuts in there, Mm-mm. and just a kind of a sweet tasting chicken salad. Number three. Egg salad sandwiches. What is oh, no, 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 no. They take no, way no. too much criticism. Yes. No, I'm out. I no. love egg no. salad sandwiches. This yeah. guy my no. three least favorite sandwiches yes. on the planet and, right and, now. And I'll tell you, the, 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 people rip egg salad sandwiches at no. gas stations. I will, if, if you put an egg salad sandwich inside of a 7-Eleven and the, and the sell-by date is valid, okay, I am in on a road trip. Dude, Absolutely. No. No, that's the, like your first two. I'm fine with that. Is a three is off the table. Replace the bread with a croissant, uh, an egg salad croissant sandwich. Even better. Croissants are great. Egg salad. I am so out. You can even do the open face. You know, if you just want to put the oh, egg shoot. salad on on one part of the croissant. And then number four, chuck wagons, gas station chuck wagons. Okay, when I was in just my 20s, mystery meat, I don't even know what's in them, but they're fantastic. Dude, Great road also, trip sandwich. That look on Declan's face is exactly those are all vile sandwiches. The last two, you're 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 just you're out of line. Terrible. You're out of line on those last two. If you were if before you even said that, if you were to ask me what are your four least favorite sandwiches, I'm confident those are all four of mine. Like I'm okay, the first more the first more egg few, salad for me. It's great. The first few egg salad is disgusting. No, and plus it. I mean, if it's a second too old, it's even more disgusting. Honorable mention: spam sandwiches. Oh, dude, no spam sandwiches. No, stop. The most. Calorie counts are a little high on those, but no. it's okay. You don't want to. Okay, eat that so okay. the the tuna salad or the the tuna at Subway, uh, three hundred ten. Calories, not bad, but calories from fat is what I was thinking of. 215 are just from oh. fat, mm. and the cholesterol is 13%. Saturated fat, 20%. Total fat, 37%. This guy, 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 get, guy goes on Livia for 10 it's months, loses some weight. Now he's. And I'm about to put him in, you go to somewhere, you get something healthy. Guy's a food scientist get the turkey. now. Wow. Get, get the turkey. Get the turkey. You can't turkey say a cur- with the- 
You can't tell you Kirk Cousins' completion percentage, but he knows the percentage of fat in the tuna sandwich. <laughs> oh, I got it right here. I, I just looked it up. I God. knew that it wasn't that great for yeah, you. Yeah, sandwichreference.com. It's oh, a great God. statistical yeah. website. Yeah. All right. I, I am about to contradict myself, though, completely, because my statement is this. I would order a tuna sandwich every single day if it meant I got to interact with Mia Toretto. Every <laughs> single day, dude. Every damn day. I would, I would. I would punish down that tuna sandwich as hard as it would be if it got if and then I got to interact with Jordana Brewster and Mia Toretto. No problem, dude. She, okay, though, but but here's the thing. This is what I wonder about this scene. So he's he's clearly going there because he has a crush on Mia, right? But then he's making her peel the crust off the sandwich. Doesn't like. Wouldn't you peel like the crust off your own sandwich? Why would you subject the waitress well, or the barista to pulling the crust off the? I sandwich? thought they could just cut the crust off though right just like peel I, it off I yourself just, yeah but i mean you can order it no. that way that they'll as, just take a knife as and cut the it baby off. as the youngest of four and who got a lot of the stuff his way i don't do crust on my sandwich i i would also ask to what why yeah, not i don't do crescents i don't do, also another hot take thank god kelsey is not here i do not do pizza crust doesn't do anything for me i, I don't you like know crust. I, so i disagree with you on that one but a lot a lot of people i think you're the cutting off of the crust of sandwiches is sociopathic behavior to me, but the pizza crust thing, I think a lot of people fall in that boat. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that feels good. But yeah, um, the, the, her entire character, though, Mia Toretto's character, I just love. I love the scene, uh, the, the, the bozo, where she basically asks him, hey, what's, what's that restaurant you've always wanted to take me to? Oh, that was Un- a cold move. Real play by her. Like, that is cold-blooded to a T, and I'm all about it. I love that scene. The Cuban place? Oh, yeah, that's, uh, that's this. And then the guy turns into a total sap for, like, 10 seconds. Oh, yeah, that's great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe Brian can take me there tomorrow night. What do you say, oh, Brian? 8 o'clock? Seems a little risky, though. I mean, these guys are these guys, and obviously he paid for it later because the guy roughed him up. But uh, I would be trying to defuse that situation if I was Brian in that spot, you know. And she poured some gas on it. So anyhow, back to Judd here. My next statement is: I love the fact that this film eventually revolved around vigilante truckers who are arming (laughs) themselves with shotguns by the end. And like, there's this warning: these truckers are going to take things in. Now, if I'm the cops, I'm happy about that. I'd be like, okay, let them. You know what this movie is? These guys. This movie is a prequel to, I believe, Steven Spielberg's first ever movie directed, Duel. Duel's a in great the 70s. movie. It would so bore we, De- Dex dude, to death, but it's a great film. I almost feel it. like we should do Duel for this Dennis Weaver. show. Dennis yeah. Weaver is fantastic. Mm-hmm. It, they did. Uh, actually, you know what? I think. Okay. The Hold on a like second. Like $12. I think they remade Duel. With Paul Walker. Hold on a second. Because there's a movie called Joyride that really? also came out in 2001. And oh my God, it stars Paul Walker. So they... Uh, Joyride? Here, here it is. So it's summer break and college freshman Lewis has decided to embark on a cross-country road trip to pick up the girl of his dreams. But the romantic uh, hopes hit a detour when he stops on the way to rescue his older brother who is playing a practical joke on a lonely trucker. The trucker... An unseen, terrifying force yes. known only by his CB handle and voice now wants the last laugh and revenge. And it's about a semi-truck driver anonymously chasing these people. So Duel was just, it's like two hours of a semi-truck driver trying to kill this guy for, I think he honked at him in a road rage incident or something. He just passed it's him. Just, yeah, okay. He, he, he passed him. Yeah. So it's kind I'm of the same. You. We should do Joyride, actually, because it stars Paul Walker. We, we budget, do both of them. The budget of Duel is like $15. Like it costs nothing to shoot, it, and it's incredible. It's it's basically 
if if Rod Serling had written a Twilight Zone <laughs> movie, it's basically that. Like it's it's really creepy because of what they don't show. It's great. But it, but like the vigil, the fact that at the end the trucker's got a shotgun and he's literally blasting his own truck. Yes. He's shooting through his own truck to try and take I love I love this whole thing of well, now we got problems because the truckers are involved. I would have thought the cops would be like, okay, cool. That sounds good to us. Take care yeah. of the problem. So Duel, it's hilarious. So Duel was directed by Steven Spielberg. It was 1971. I think it was the first movie he ever directed. The budget was $450,000, which is insane. And uh, it was it was released on ABC, I think. I don't think it was even in theaters. It was just released as a made-for-TV movie. So It's super it freaky. List. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Troy Paul Walker. Okay. Um, God, there's so many ways uh, to go here. Uh, on the semi-trucks, all right, here's my statement. It seems like these semi-truck hijackers took the absolute most complicated path possible to hijacking the semis. Okay, so we're going to get like four cars yes. together, yes. and we're going to kind of, we're going to, we got, we got to find an open stretch of highway, so the timing has to be right. We're going to get like four cars together. We're going to have some sort of bow and arrow contraption and we're going to lean out the, the we're going to, we're all going like 75 miles an hour by the way. We're going to shoot this arrow into the passenger side window, knock out the window. And then shoot another arrow into the seat. And then one of our guys is going to jump off the back of the moving car and then pull his way via this rope into the truck and then fight with the truck driver and try and take control of the truck. Aren't there easier ways to hijack a semi truck than this? And, this feels like there's got to be a smarter, more efficient way to do this. And to build upon that point, also, the trucker is not going to stop his truck. No, he's going to keep going. Because if he stops his truck, he feels like, oh, then they're going to pull me out of the truck. And it becomes more dangerous if he right, stops but the, the last, truck. But the last guy with the shotgun has the upper hand. He doesn't need to keep driving. He That's can a good kill point. them all. But they stop also might truck. have guns, too. So now you might be facing off against well, four cars worth of guns. I like his chances, but I find it great that the whole thing is going to keep going with everyone doing 80, and no one's going to really slow down. <laughs> yes. And then at one point, we're gonna, you know, one of our guys is going to be tied up with like a wire hanging from the side of a truck, and so Paul Walker's going to jump on that little ledge, and they're both going to be sitting there. And the truck driver, at that point, if you're the truck driver, okay, there's two guys clearly hanging off of the side of your truck. Just slow down and shoot them, right? But I don't know. It just felt like, can we get a smart person in here to figure out a safer, more efficient no. way to, to hijack these semi-trucks? Maybe wait for them to pull over and take a leak at a truck stop? <laughs> Wouldn't that be the easier thing to yeah, do? Oh, let's wait for him to get have to get gas, and then we can just take the truck from him. This film had lots of questionable decisions and holes. No question about it. All right, my statements are all about contradicting myself. Uh, so my next one is the car lifestyle just isn't for me. So I told you on Gone in 60 Seconds when we reviewed that like a month ago, that I said, I think I could do this, right? Like, I think I could be concocts to like, you know, getting cars and then helping them transport those cars. But after watching Fast and Furious, it is, it's still confirmed to me. Cars do absolutely nothing for me. Like the way people just love cars and love street racing and love tricking them up and, and doing all this crazy stuff to cars, it does absolutely zero, zero for me. I even thought about recently selling back my car. My, my car dealership contacted me. They wanted to buy back my car. And then I was even looking at, you know, potentially getting a new one. And then I realized, you know what? Like, do I really need a new nav system in my car? Do I really need like an extra window button that makes it go all the way down? Like, 
I was just thinking about it. I was like, no, the car goes. It's in good condition. It stops. It goes when I want it to go. It turns on. I don't care. So my, my statement is very simple. The car lifestyle, it just isn't for me. It does nothing for me. Can I jump in here real quick? Because I have a perfect one to piggyback off that. Uh, so I'm, I'm mostly with you. Like, I just, just give me a, give me a curl the hatchback that gets some good gas mileage. And I don't need any bells and whistles. But this movie, here's my statement. This movie spawned a trend of putting spoilers and rims on 1999 Honda Civics that still oh, yeah. exist today. If you, you you still see some of these early 2000s Honda Civics with like little 18-inch rims and stuff. So you you bought this economic, good gas mileage car and you put a spoiler and some rims on it to make it look like you're a baller. Come on now. Come on now. You got a couple packs of Nas in that trunk too? Or is That's it what just I want to your- know. Is how it just many, your golf clubs, you how, know? <laughs> how many young men blew up their cars with Nas? Oh, so many. That's what I want. Can know, you just it, go and get Nas? Dumb question as a non-car guy. Can, are there just like shops? Can you just go get Nas? Or is this like a black market thing? I think it's how does that work? Black market. I thought it was a black market thing. I could be completely wrong, though. Let me, no let me just Google here. But I got to think a couple Bye. of guys in this fine country died because they, they some their car blew up. I'm going to Google buy Nas for my car. Okay, on Amazon, they do. (laughs) They're going to raid your house. Wait a second. AutoZone sells Nas. Oh, really? (laughs) Amazon. You can get get little packs of Nas on Amazon. Now, how do you hook them up? I have no idea how that works. But uh, there you go. If you want want some nitrous oxide for your car, apparently you can just go on the internet and buy some. Maybe someone can help us in the YouTube comment section. Some some car guys out there, gals. You ever put Nas in your uh, your Corolla hatchback and fly past some people on 394? <laughs> Boom. Woo, right. it's great. My statement is this. This film, among all of the films that I think going back to when we started this process, this film has the best all-star product placement of any film I've seen, I think. The Corona? The Corona. The Pizza Hut Driver. Who, who's trying to go home and they're like, you got to oh, find yeah. another way home. We're about good. to race here with the clear pizza hut thing. Snapple. This, the product placement, which is ordinarily, it feels like beers and stuff. Right. But the overall product placement of, of different things in this film is at an all-star level. It is elite product placement. Let, let me ask you this. So that scene where, where Dom brings Brian into the, the house party late at night, because he say because he kind of saved him from maybe saved his life or saved him from getting arrested at least and they go in and then the I can't remember the guy's name the you know the guy that wanted Mia Vince that guy Vince okay Vince and so Dom goes up to Vince and basically says where were you dude and like well I mean the cops are everywhere and he said and you know why'd you bring that guy in here because he was the only one that stuck around and he grabs Vince's sort of half drunk beer already. Yeah. And he hand and who knows how long that's been out there. It's like you're Brian. You're walking into a party with people that either hate you or you don't know. And Dom hands you some other guy's three quarters full beer, and he just kind of wipes off the rim of the, the bottle sure. and starts drinking it. Would you yep. guys have drank that beer, or would you feel like you're disrespecting Dom if you say, "Hey, actually, could I just get like a fresh cold one from the fridge?" I think if I'm an undercover cop, I might yeah. drink the beer. Yeah, I think you got it. Like I, I think, think I take it because. I want in on their lifestyle. I'm becoming. But I just be thinking about the backwash and everything. It's in in like these post-COVID times too. You just you just think more about the stuff that. But you want to know? It it would be hard. But the trust you got to get the trust of Dom, and the whole family. 
But is it an unreasonable request to ask for a no. fresh beer in that spot? If I'm not Dom, a thank cop? you so much. But could I, or even like a cup? Can I pour it into a cup? No, you know, you dude, you're not going to do a cup at a party like That's that, incredible. man. You got a bottle. You got a bottle. But uh, yes, if if they had been truly just friends, I'm not drinking that beer. Okay, just want to throw that out there. Go back to Dex here. Uh, and by the way, I forgot one note in my car lifestyle. And this is like a statement within my other statement. What the hell is granny shifting? You know, when he says granny shifting, not double clutching like you should. Again, my car, like what, 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 what does any of those words I, mean? My, my interpretation of the granny shifting is just that you're a little slow on shifting. Ah. That you're, you're not, you're not getting up to top gear as, right. as quickly as maybe you should be. Didn't you drive but, a manual too? Didn't you learn on a manual? I, uh, my dad, when I was 15 years old or maybe even this might have been before my permit, but he took me to an empty parking lot one time in Brooklyn Park, Minnesota, where his apartment was. And he just said, hey, I want to teach you how to drive my stick shift Corolla. I think we did that twice. And I almost ran into a pole in the parking lot that was empty. Yeah, and that was kind of the end of that experiment. <laughs> <laughs> like, Don, all right, we're good. We'll Don just get an automatic. Don teach me on a stick. It was hopeless. I had yeah. no chance. No chance. No chance. Um, my this actual statement, though. Like is Dom is the perfect leader for stupid people. So <laughs> Vince is just a complete buffoon. He's the muscle of the group, but also just like a complete idiot buffoon, right? Well, but he's the one that sniffed out that Brian was a cop. So maybe his intuition it's is true. Is he's, a, he's, he's a hothead idiot, though. Like that is who he is. Jesse's like obviously very smart with cars, but he's also like kind of weird and quirky and, and just like not really a people person. You know, Letty's probably the most normal one of the group. But Dom is basically able to convince all of these idiots to, like, rob trucks to get DVD players. Like, he is the perfect leader for dumb people. And I like Dom. Like, I love his character. But his collection and his following are a kind of a bunch of idiots. And he's the perfect kind of leader to manipulate them to get him what he wants. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Just like, he, he's just the most assertive, the most charismatic. He's good looking. He's just, he's the alpha. He's the most alpha of everyone in the group. Um, okay, my... My next statement here, Ja Rule was everywhere during this time period. So I just thought, because I remember this is like, this is, this movie came out when I was a sophomore or a junior in high school. And Ja Rule, between my freshman year of high school and my senior year of high school, was probably featured on every single Top 40 song played on KDWB and all the other stations. Really? So I, so I looked it up, and then he gets he gets movie roles like this because he's a superstar in the the rap industry, and uh, and it was it was very rarely his own songs. Like I feel like there's maybe two or three songs that were his own singles. It was always we're gonna have Ashanti with Ja Rule sprinkled yep. in over here, right? Or or we're gonna have uh, Jay Z or DMX with like Ja Rule here for ten seconds. So I looked it up between 1998 and 2002. Ja Rule was a featured artist on 12 different charting singles. That's incredible. <laughs> that is incredible. Uh, from Jay-Z to DMX to Blackstreet, Janet Jackson, uh, Jennifer good. Lopez a couple times, I'm Real, Ain't It Funny, Mary J. Blige, What's Love with Fat Joe, who I once saw at a restaurant, a, a barbecue restaurant in Fort Myers, Florida after a Twins game, Irv Gotti. So congrats to Ja Rule for just being... Amazingly huge between 1998 and 2002. Good for that guy. Good for that guy. All right, back to Judd. So this film is filled with 
unnecessary flaws. And here's one of them. And and it's like, I get flaws that are convenient to the storyline because it, it helps it helps things to make sense despite the fact that the scene or the flaw itself might not make perfect sense. But here's an unnecessary flaw that this film has. For instance, when when they go and raid the house of uh, of um, what's his name the 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 bad guy um, Johnny Tran fighting against yes when they go and raid Johnny Tran I think it's his parents' house okay Paul Walker's character goes with a mask on so they won't see him but why does he need to be there like he's identified the house like like he is he is the conduit to the undercover part which is important, but like there would be no reason. And there's no, like, he doesn't need to be there. He doesn't do a thing. He's got a mask on. He's just sort of watching. If he's exposed, the cover is completely blown. So why would you have him in the film itself be there? Like he, he could be out in a van or something, but I mean, he is an, he is the undercover. He is the basically most important part of the whole mission to get all of these guys and if his cover's blown it's over but yet he's there with like a ski mask on so he can watch him arrest J- johnny tran it makes zero sense it is kind of weird yeah no, it's, it is kind of weird yeah i think i think also just to go back to like the is he a cop is he not type stuff in this movie dom for being as like closed circle guy as he oh, is right it's... these are my ride or dies he just like yeah. runs into this guy. And and by the way, the interactions that he had with Paul Walker at the initial street race were mostly like sparring with each other. Yeah. And it was kind of a, you know, a, a bleep measuring contest. And just, you know, one moment where they're both escaping cops and they just happen to escape the cops at the same time. Then now we're like blood brothers for life, right? Now, no, you're right. now I trust you to come into my home with my friends and my people. Break your heart. <laughs> the level of trust. You. Yeah. See, break your heart. I break uh, your little, neck. Uh, Dex. All right. Uh, one more for me. Uh, actually, it's, it's a Dom quote. And actually, I, I really like this quote. In my statement, his statement of uh, living your life one quarter mile at a time is great advice. So he says that to, to Brian when he's talking about like his dad and like why he got into street racing when they're, when they're in their garage and whatnot. And I thought that's really good advice. Living your life one quarter mile at a time. And that's where he gets all of his adrenaline and all of his kick. I really, I like legitimately, I was like, that's actually really good advice. Like for, for Dom kind of being like the meathead, I kind of like the advice. Feels kind of reckless to me. I mean, is there a way to know, you know, what it looks like or plan for what it may look like 50 miles ahead, but then live in the moment as much as possible, one quarter mile at a time? You know, can we, can we have some semblance of a plan for what the 20 mile marker looks like? Just a, an inkling? Not since his dad died. Yeah. I heard it the screams. Me. I found out they're me. They were me screaming. Me, yeah. me screaming. <laughs> I killed him. <laughs> I love how Don Toretto sounds like Mike Tice in your yeah. mind. Yeah, he, he does in my <laughs> mind. That, that's hey, very. Hey. That's my coleslaw. Get your hands off my coleslaw. We ran <laughs> eighty plays in two hours. Pretty good. Uh, okay, I have, I have one more pop culture music observation. My my final statement here is that Limp Biscuit, also featured in this movie, oh, yeah. was also a national treasure during this time period, the early 2000s. One of the best, worst bands in the history of, well, at least in my life, uh, since, since the mid-1980s. But, man, me and my friends in high school, just a bunch of 
Rolling, rolling. Bunch of hicks from Buffalo, Minnesota would pump some limp biscuit with our windows down, driving around the county roads. We would sometimes bring like boom boxes out to, if we're going to go play basketball, or I had some friends who played tennis and stuff. Like, think about this me and my friends in high school playing tennis, blasting yeah. limp biscuit yep. off a boom box. <laughs> I don't have the fitted cap on, but I love the, the cap was always like by like the Fred Durst. Below, or yeah, below his like eyebrows, basically. Like under his nose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Judd, did you ever get into Limp Biscuit? No. Zero chance. <laughs> I was like 30. Thank God I didn't. No. I'm aware it's of... It's all about the I'm nookie. aware of... Yeah, no, no, no. I I avoided it. So you can take that cookie. Very easily. Yeah. And stick, stick it up your... Yeah. Up here. Stick it up your... Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Much. Any other statements from you guys here on... Yeah, I got one more. Um, it's a statement and it's basically a question. Where were the cops? The end. The end scenes where where I believe Paul Walker's character is still a cop, okay, and he is pursuing Vin the entire time, and they literally get in a shootout with with Johnny Tran's people, to which a guy has a machine gun. He can't hit Walker, but Walker turns the car sideways, takes one shot, and kills the guy on the cycle. Very impressive. But anyway, at some point in time, despite there being a shootout in the streets, and despite Paul Walker's character being a cop, we never see the cops. Like, literally, when when he lets Vin Diesel's character, much like the end of Point Break, get away, there is no sign of a patrol car. Yeah. Yeah, I, I so actually, I'm glad you brought this up, because one of the observations I still had in my notes was that at the beginning of the movie... It took the, and I was trying to put together what's the time frame here. So, Paul Walker, so there's all these people, looks like hundreds of people in cars have gathered somewhere in the Los Angeles area. Yep. And so, they, they to, to have that many people there when Paul Walker shows up, they had probably started congregating 30 or 60 minutes before that point. Like, they didn't all just show up at the same time, right? They all start congregating. So, there's masses of people blocking these roads and stuff. Pizza guy can't get through. And then they rifle off a street race, maybe multiple street races, and then and then the cops, 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 right? So like, where were the cops? Not, are they not passing through? Are, is there nobody in the neighborhood from an apartment complex phoning in? Hey, there's like hundreds of street cars out here. They're all kind of revving their engines and stuff. Like, where was the LAPD at the beginning of the movie? They tried to explain it by by it came through on the scanner that there was a homicide. Like one homicide it's in Los, Los Angeles, Angeles is going to occupy all the cops. And here's my here's my uh, qu- question at the end too. So the last uh, truck hijacking attempt, they leave at like dusk, right? They they leave that rally that they're at to go and pursue the truck. And I don't know how far they're going, but by the time that they were going after the truck and actually shot their thing through the the uh, window to break it it's daylight so i guess my question is this you leave at dusk to go do the heist which by the way i would think the heist is probably smarter done at night um but then you but then by the time that you get there to do it it's daylight but paul walker's character hunts you down and catches up to you but do you have to drive all night like that's the sequencing of the light in the film didn't make any sense to me unless i'm missing something no i think these are 
These are valid questions. Here's another question I had toward the end of the movie. So they pull up to the stoplight together, and then a quarter mile exactly ahead is the train track crossing. And when that light turns green, I'm going to try and, you know, get to the, the train tracks as quickly as possible. How did he know that there was a train? So they're sitting at that stoplight for presumably at least a minute, right? How does he know that there's a train coming? I guess maybe he can hear it off in the distance, but does, does know. he know that it's going to be that close of a call once he gets to the train tracks? Or was he just trying to, like, get to the next stoplight and then realized, oh, there's a train. I'm going to try and beat this train. That's how I took it, but you've got a good point there. No, every no time idea. that light turns green, a train's coming. <laughs> every single time. At a high rate of speed, and you got to beat it. But watch out for that truck right after the train, because that'll yeah. get you every time. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Any other statements before we get into the ranking portion of the proceedings here? You guys good? I think I'm good. Okay. Good. Uh, So we've got two two ranking categories here, the definitive villain rating and then the entertainment value. And these are presented by our friends at Aquaside. So maybe Dom and Brian are looking to go up to the cabin with their friends Mm -hmm. and drink (laughs) drink some Coronas. And, oh, my gosh, look how dirty this lakeside area is how can we fix it that's right i'm, I'm going up to the cabin to do exactly that this weekend up in uh, shell lake wisconsin and my friends at aquaside shell lake is an aquaside lake so when i get in there there's no lake weeds or algae and there's nothing worse nothing kills uh that corona or that surly vibe like stepping in that lake with that muck on your feet Ugh, it's the worst and aquaside pellets can help you remove that uh they're safe products they're registered with the epa and dnr if you're in the twin cities you can go check them out in white bear lake or you can order their products at Aquaside.com, Aquaside pellets to help you remove that lake weed and algae. All right. So we, uh, we're looking for these three criteria here, iconic, ruthless, and charismatic for the villain. And we're going to rate on a one to 10 scale. So to this point in the reboot of Action Movie Rewind, Caster Troy from Face Off is our top rated villain, a nine out of 10. The aliens from Independence Day are a 7.8 and Surfer Bodie from Point Break is a 7.3. The F5 Tornadoes from Twister are a 6.3. So um, I think Dom Toretto, right? As of right now, like Dom Toretto is the lead villain here in this movie, much like Surfer Bodie was in Point Break. So how would you guys on a 1 to 10 scale rate Dom Toretto, iconic, ruthless, and charismatic being the criteria? You know what's funny about this is, is, although he is clearly supposed to be a likable bad guy, he rates pretty high because he he's iconic now, right? Like mm-hmm. when, when you've done a Very franchise yeah. that's gone this long, uh, definitely charismatic. I don't know. He's ruthless, but he's certainly not a nice guy. I'm going to give him a what should I give him here? Because this is a little bit difficult. I don't want to go overboard. I'm going to give him a seven and a half. Wow. Mm. I'm going to give him a seven and a half. It's awfully low. Uh, well, I mean, there's, you know, the, ruth, the, the lack like of ruthless factor, meaner. I, I think, uh, drops him a little bit. He is iconic. He's extremely Definitely iconic. iconic. Vin Diesel, Dom Toretto, like, yeah, he, and they've made yeah, and like a dozen of these movies. Very charismatic. Um, I am, I am at about an eight. I am about an eight. It was, it was where I would rank him. So he is, uh, iconic 10 out of 10. I mean, he is the fa- he is one of the faces of one of the most prominent action movie franchises in the history of action movies. Mm-hmm. He's as charis- it, it, his charisma is off the charts just in terms of his avatar and everything. How ruthless is he? Was he really willing to kill Brian if it came down to it? I don't didn't know. Feel, but, didn't feel like it, and that's where I ding him. He probably docked some points there, but I'm giving him a nine for the other. Th- he's just so off the charts for the other categories. 
which means uh, it's an average score. Here, let me see, a 9, 17, plus, Judd, you said a 7.5. Yep. Divided by a 3 there, so an 8.2 is the score here for for Dom, which puts him the, as the second most uh, or highest rated villain here in our exercise so far, right behind Caster Troy. Okay, the overall entertainment value, 1 to 10 scale of this movie Top Gun Maverick is a 9.3, Independence Day 8.7, Top Gun the original 8.3, Air Force 1 8.2. At the bottom of the scale is Gone in 60 Seconds at 4.7. Yeah, that's probably fair. I'm going to give this an 8.5, and here's why. Wow, good for you. I found it enjoyable, and and I've tried in this incarnation of the exercise, I've tried not to harp on this as much, but I love the runtime of this. Like, they didn't say, let's add another scene, right? Like, they kept it pretty tight, especially for a a film that was as successful and blockbuster-ish as this was, but they kept it pretty tight. They did a good job. Editing is super impressive. Like, it it helped make this film. It's really, no, I'm dead serious. It's really well done. Like, the, the quick cuts and stuff really helped this film. 8.5. I need to see Judd as part yeah. of the Academy, like the Oscar Academy. The editing of this film is really good, you guys. Like it, it is really impressive. The original the continuity and cinematography. There were a lot of scenes Best in since this the film 60s. that, if they weren't done right, would have looked really stupid. I think the yeah. quick cuts and the drag racing and stuff. I, I'm telling you right now, I am a artiste of this sort in watching this. This is very we, good. We should find some like an actual like a serious movie critic to pair up with Judd to do movie reviews, but do yeah. them w- instead of doing action movies. I want Judd's take on like the big time, like the Daniel day Lewis type. There will be yeah. blood, blood, you know, no yeah. subtitles for me. Okay? Very That's serious. The only thing. I ain't doing subtitles. Don does subtitles. Okay. I don't do subtitles. I'm not going to, we've actually started noise. doing subtitles on just English speaking movies Don because it's that. just, it's just, we just like yes, to, in case we miss a word in there somewhere. Yep. You know? yep. And when you wear headphones every day, for I'm like 15 years, it, I'm not criticizing that. I'm saying if they don't, if 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 it's like in French or something, I I'm not going to watch it. All right, Dex, what's yours? So we got a what we got an eight point five from Judd there. For me, it's an eight. Uh, this is this is a good movie. I I do enjoy this film. I don't think I don't think I've watched it since we reviewed it like two years ago. We did it the first time, but if it's on TV, I'm 100 stopping to watch it. I just basically said how much love how much I am in love with yeah. Mia Toretto and Jordana Brewster, so that spikes it very heavily. Um, well, it's because she looks Please. exactly like her. Uh, and yeah, so oh, it's, it's wow. an eight out of ten. It's an eight out of ten. I I love this movie. All right, I don't remember what I gave this movie the last time we did it the first time around, but I do know that I. The more I see this movie, the more I appreciate it and like it, and I get excited to watch future Fast and the Furious <laughs> franchise movies. So it's a nine for me. I was thoroughly just engrossed in this movie. It was it was a blast for all of its cheesiness and corniness. I yeah. I now I for a while I never really understood like how how is the Fast and the Furious becoming this mammoth franchise? I don't get it. I'm starting to get it now after watching this a few times. Much like with Point Break, it definitely. I think grows on, on you the more that you consume it. Cause yeah. it's like, it's like at first it's like, this is not good. And then it's like, hey, you know what? It's no. sort of fun. And then it's like Vin Diesel editing. I, I can do this. So but that means it's a, it's an 8.5 for the wreck. I don't think I said that, which puts it as the third best or most entertaining action movie we have reviewed right between independence day and top gun, the original. So we gave this a higher grade than top gun, the original, just so you guys know. Good. It's a better Did movie. We really? I think oh, it's I mostly because of Declan. Declan gave yeah. it a yeah, Declan, yeah, well, Declan, ding, top gun. 
I, you know what? That's a bunch of crap, man. The second one. Have some respect from your elders, okay? Have some respect for what came before you. Yeah. So anyway, okay, anyway. and and speaking of that, so we're now we're gonna we went from the two thousands and we're gonna we we're, yeah we're gonna go gone with the wind. Gone next. with the wind. Oh we're gonna God. go Sergeant York. Actually, is the next one we're the gonna kill do. a mockingbird. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's I love that. I love great that. Great the Wizard of Oz is oh, coming. Kill up a next. mockingbird is great. It's a little scout. So I tried to go find some of the movies we because the initial run of Action Movie Rewind it was a radio segment we started like two and a half yeah. years ago with Rami and Jonathan and so I wanted to find what are some of the other ones that we did before Declan jumped in, and I'm pretty sure I'm right on this. We're gonna throw it back to a what I think is widely regarded as the most prominent Steven Seagal action movie, and it's Hard to Kill. Oh, love we, Hard to Kill. I did this with you guys, I believe. You did this? Okay. You did? Yeah. Is this Richie? No. No. No one was anyone seen Richie. What was what was uh what's the golf film is that one? What this is this is Blood Bank. That? This is Blood Bank. Yeah, no, I'll take you, didn't you, I'll take you to the Blood Bank Center. Um, oh, okay. No. I got you. Out for Justice is the one. Out for Justice. That's yeah. what I'm thinking. Thank Jerry you. Jerry Orbach's in that one. Understandable yeah. how all of these would kind of be similar. Right. You know what? No, right. it's not. No, it's not. This man's catalog is gold, and I can't believe you don't know the so hard to great. kill is going to be the movie it. for next week, and I'm, I'm part of the reason why I pulled this up is because I am very curious to hear Declan's review on a couple scenes specifically in this movie. This one's for my wife. Oh, it is one thirty six, so I do love the runtime there. That's that's good. Oh yeah, well, oh, and it's a fun one thirty six too, man. You, but this gets right to the point. Buckle up! All right, there it is. Action movie rewind. Deep dives into some of the most prominent action movies in cinematic history. Uh, We'll do it again next week. Mackie and Judd.